This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Who said nothing good comes out of Stockport, eh? Phil Foden is once again the hat-trick hero as the local lad makes honey out of the bees' defence in a sweet, sweet win for City. It's Tuesday the 6th of February. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Joe Ritchie. I'm Alex Michelle. And this is the City Report Podcast. It's here for Gundogan! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now... Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. I'm your host today, Amos Murphy. Joining me are Joe Ricci and Alex Michelle. Before we get going, just want to say a massive happy birthday to us. It is, in fact, two years since we recorded our first ever episode. Adam and I, um, Adam Booker, of course, and I speaking, I think it was an FA Cup win against Fulham. So a huge thank you to everyone who's been with us from the start, anyone who's picked us up since then and anyone who might be listening for the first time um again listeners by the way those who are listening to this immediately you haven't sort of transported in time it might still be monday um time zones etc it said tuesday in the introduction whenever you listen to this we are reviewing city's win against brentford um joe i want to get straight into it there's plenty of talking points so um i assume you're well you're looking fit and healthy if not let me know but what were your general thoughts on the game itself? 3-1 to City in the end. Another game where City conceded first on the road. Another game where City came from behind to win. Um, feels like it was fairly comfortable in the end, but there were still some very hairy moments throughout the 90 minutes. Yeah, I'll um, I'll give you a, a thought for every goal City scored. Um, <laughs> Yasko Vardiol, very good player. Very promising. Um, Endorse Phil- that message. Yep, yep. Uh, Phil Foden, who would have thought, good at football. And mm, um, again, endorse that message. And Neil Mopay, still kind of a pain in the ass. 
<laughs> yep again endorse that message um i think we could probably just pack up now and go home i think that's a pretty good um pretty good summary um alex i mean it, it felt like it was going to be one of those games heading into it where things would be a little bit stodgy um i do want to touch on the lineup because it was interesting to say the least sort of at least pre-match but I think, relatively speaking, that was that was a really good performance from City. We'll get to the goal that City conceded, and and yes, it was a little bit of a shit show. And I think I dubbed it something along the lines of Sunday League level um, defending in the end. But you know, well worked, well worked move from Brentford. They knew what they were doing. Other than that, bar maybe ten minutes just after half time, it was pure dominance from City and fairly comfortable especially towards the end basically I didn't think in the first half we'd be taking off our best players with 20 odd minutes to go <laughs> yeah no I didn't think so either I mean playing against Brentford I mean they, they got us twice last season in the league you always know that they're going to give us a game just because of how Thomas Frank sets, sets them up he's just so intelligent in terms of being pragmatic in that sense and playing to our weaknesses and they did that exactly with their goal but you know that first half performance we had 17 shots 10 of them on target they had, what, maybe one or two tiny chances aside from mm. the goal that they scored. We were running all over them. Like, the the team may have been slightly dysfunctional, as you, as you mentioned. Like, that lineup was a little bit strange to see how, <laughs> just how attacking it was. But, you know, nearly going in 1-0, of course, Phil Foden saved us and it was 1-1 at the break. It would have felt a bit worse had it been 1-0. But even then, as you said, I think the performance in that first half was still there. And then we come out in the second half and it was just lights out from there. It was an incredible performance in that second half. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, Joe, just reading through that lineup again, um, I feel like because of the Monday night game and obviously City final final match of the weekend, there was a lot of speculation sort of throughout the day as to who might play, who might not play. Um, usually we get some leaks. It felt like they arrived about noontime. It, it was super early this week. So we kind of had a grasp of how things were going and that just allowed time for it to, at least on Twitter anyway, just fester into this sort of, oh my God, what the fuckery is happening here? Um, but obviously Edison started. Um, maybe he was trying to get on in on the attacking action a little bit too much. <laughs> Some brain farts from him. But Kyle Walker-Diaz, Ake, Gvardiol across the back line, Rodri in his usual holding midfield. But it was in front of him where things started to get quite freaky, I guess. Uh, Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, Alvarez, Foden and Haaland. Now, I can't quite remember away from home City ever setting up that attack heavy. And I'm just looking at the foot mob graphic now. And it's essentially a 4-1-4-1. And I think that's kind of how City operated. We knew Brentford were going to be... I wouldn't necessarily use the term deep block. I think that's kind of become a buzzword and is, is maybe being misused at times but they were certainly deep and they were certainly in blockish moments at times so maybe it was a deep block but anyway the point being we knew they were going to be pushed back City were going to push them back however the amount of attacking players City had on the pitch and and just leaving Rodri I guess to sort of sweep up anything else in behind was astonishing adding to the mix then Gvardion Kaya Walker sort of playing as as two wingers it was it was a, a really intriguing watch I think it's probably the diplomatic way of putting it yeah, it was very interesting, um, especially, you know, in the first half where it, it definitely felt like City's attack was stunted by the setup, you know, Brentford had. They they forced City to go wide. And as a result, like you just alluded to, you mm. know, that kind of led to Vardiol and Walker being our creative threats in the first half, <laughs> which is probably why, you know, we go into the half lucky to be tied at 1-1. Um, 
it, it was bizarre because most of the first half, and to be honest, a, a lot of the game, City didn't really have a wide winger on the left side. It felt like no. on the on the right, we rotated between Bernardo, um, Alvarez a little bit, Foden, Kev, um, and obviously Walker as well. But on the left, it was kind of like, all right, Yasko, like, good luck, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and even even a little bit of like Nathan Ake overlaps. It was, it was um, a very interesting approach from City in that sense. And then it was your usual kind of interchanging of positions. But what I thought was interesting and I don't think we saw as much of as I would have liked to see him was Kev operating in a little bit of a deeper role at times. Um, mm. when, I, when I saw the 11 come out, I'm thinking, okay, it's either going to be Bernardo's going to be on Rodri's hip or he's going to play out wide like usual. And maybe we'll see a little bit more of that like quarterback style, Kevin De Bruyne. And <clears throat> again, we saw a little bit of it, but over the course of 90 minutes, I'd say it was far less, uh, then, then it actually ended up happening. He was, you know, really operating kind of in those half spaces. So, um, an interesting lineup, an interesting way to deploy it, and you know, from Benford's point of view, an interesting way to deal with it as well. I think they were lucky that uh, Flecken was standing on his head most of the match as well. So, mm, yeah, Flecken or Lev Yashin, I'm not too <laughs> sure. It felt in that first half like um, right, right. Uh, f- interestingly enough, uh, Flecken, who who entered the game with the worst save percentage in the Premier League, I think I'm right in saying, and, and suddenly had this just incredible performance. That yeah, was um, his alter ego out there tonight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, don't quite know where they've got him from. Um, but let, let's speak about Yosko Guardiol, uh, Alex, because um, I mean anyone who follows you on Twitter and and uh, if you don't already, links in the description. Uh, I highly recommend it, but they'll know that you are. Am I allowed to use the phrase fanboy? I think that's probably yes. best in appropriate case, yeah, yeah. in this, <laughs> this, this, this case. But, you know, he's younger you, you, than me, too. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he also true. looks like 35. So <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is absolutely um, chiseled, I think, is the best way to describe it. Um, but I, I, I've been scratching my head a little bit because I, I've seen people throw all sorts of stick at him not just after the after this game but also sort of throughout the season and obviously the context is important here he's primarily a center back but has played left back before um you know very astute in possession but at the same time being deployed as city's highest and widest player for the last couple of games probably isn't best suited to him maybe it will be in the long run i don't know but again i thought he was i thought he was superb and we're going to speak about the big guns in midfield, um, mainly Kevin De Bruyne and, and Phil Foden sort of throughout the show. But aside from that, I, I think I'm right in saying he was probably City's best player. You, you're talking 58 from 71 passes, which is obviously, you know, a, a few of those have been given away. But when you consider how high up he was playing, how he was being almost asked to create um, from that left-hand side. He's also sort of come out of it with four from six aerial jewels won, five from eight ground jewels won, three out of three tackles. I mean, (laughs) whisper it, but that might have been one of his best performances for City, despite the criticism that he's been getting. Yeah, let's not be disrespectful to Phil Foden. I think he was maybe the second best guy on the pitch today, I think. True. We have to give Phil, Phil that one. But yes, I completely agree. I think... This guy is, he's just a generational talent. That's the only way that I can describe it. And it seems like the majority of people have not really clocked onto it yet. I don't necessarily know if it's the price tag being so high and the fact that people take it for granted. But look, this guy is is 22. He just turned 22 last week, I believe. It's his Mm. first season in the Pep Guardiola system. He is a center back by trade. He has played the last two seasons in the Bundesliga in a 
a center back partnership with Willie Orban. And he's playing in the pockets. He is playing as a touchline winger. He is getting involved in everything and he is doing everything so intelligently. And just to think that he's only what I think 27 starts into his city career at this point, mm. he's barely played any games for city. And this guy is just showing the, the potential that he has. And I think you, you, you can look at his mistakes, and I think this is where defenders get judged a bit too harsh, is because with defenders, the things that stand out the most are their mistakes. Unless you're someone like Ruben Diaz, who's you know sliding and making all these last-ditch efforts, and they have those brilliant moments like that, most of the time a good defender is someone who you don't really pay attention to throughout the course of a 90. And with Joshua Vardiol, people get fixated over the little errors that he makes, and they don't really see the bigger pictures to the things that he's facilitating and the small things that he puts together. And I think point in case in, in this one is, in, in this game is, he was sort of facilitating and enabling the players around him mm. to do things that, okay, maybe he's not the one that is finishing those chances. Maybe his delivery isn't there just yet. But positionally, when he's taking up that side of the pitch, allowing Phil to tuck inside and take on whatever space he wants, it just offers so much else. <clears throat> And I think, well, I, I have a couple thoughts. Firstly, to give Alex his flowers, um, definitely go read his kind of overall profile on, on Vardiol that he put out on Monday because I think you perfectly described his strengths and they were perfectly shown tonight where he is a, a totally different profile of player than, in my opinion, what City have in their defense. Um, he's not afraid to get on the ball. He actually very frequently looks to get on the ball um, when he gets pressed, he, he constantly works his way around it. Um, he's a, you know, he's closing out, um, tackles all the time. I think where his biggest weaknesses are, we saw again tonight where if he's going to be your wide outlet on the left, um, you're probably not going to get a lot of great crosses in. Um, he's not going to create a ton of, um, quality chances yet. Um, but he is 22 years old. And I think one thing that really stands out for me, and, and feel free to chime in if you guys think I'm missing someone, but bar Ruben Diaz, I can't think of a defender that has been trusted this much this quickly under Pep because, mm, yeah, I mean, he's slotted in from day one. And again, to Alex's point, with a heavy price tag, um, playing arguably out of position. And I think he started 16 out of City's 22 games. He's appeared in 18 of them, just struck, uh, talking in the Premier League. He, to me, he's getting better match after match. Is he perfect? No. Will he mm. continue to improve? Yes, definitely. Um, so I, I've been incredibly impressed, and I think I, I wouldn't expect him to be a center back. I, mm. I should rephrase that. I wouldn't expect him to play centrally under Pep for a while um, <clears throat> unless yeah. something drastically changes with the system. I just think we have – defenders and Ake, DS, Stones, Akanji, and even Walker to some extent who are more built to play in that kind of central last-ditch role where I think Vardiol still offers a lot more in possession, creating spaces for others, moving forward up the pitch. And again, he's he's kind of similar to, to Doku in a sense where he does a lot of great things. If he can incorporate that final ball, you're talking about <laughs> two players on your left side who are combined what 43 years of age i mean that that could be a, a, a fierce left side for years to come yeah you've got uh doku and gvardiol who combined are probably the same age as james milner um i i, I totally i totally agree uh with, with both the sentiments really i think you know he, he's clearly a work in progress but 
as always, with any Pep Guardiola team, the proof is in the minutes and Josco Guardiola has played plenty and it, it's almost no longer a surprise when he's starting that in, in that sort of, I guess we can call it left back because he's certainly high enough to be playing left back. And, and yes, don't get me wrong, I'd like to see improvements. Um, <laughs> it's no surprise that the six foot four, however many pounds, uh, central central defender of once uh, of an era gone by is a bit um, erratic in the final third but you know wonderful wonderful player really enjoying seeing him uh, seeing him shine um before we go to the break then um let's do kevin de bruyne because i want a full segment on phil foden in part two alex that is again another although he didn't get the assist for for phil foden's first goal he was very much involved. It was his ball that caused caused havoc. I think I'm right in saying since he's come back, that's probably he's only had two goals City have scored whilst he's been on the pitch that he hasn't been quote unquote involved in. Um, football is just so much simpler when Kevin De Bruyne is playing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I think his return and having him out for so long, while of course it's not what we would have wanted it sort of made us appreciate him all that bit more because we know that he doesn't have all that much time left at the top, you know, maybe two, three, maybe four seasons if he changes his game up as he gets a bit older, but we're getting into the later years in his career. And because he's been with us so long, because he's been with us through, you know, so many ups and downs, sometimes it just sort of gets unspoken as to how incredible he is. And you see him come back in and yeah, just as you said, he's just he's just in the center of everything. He's just involved in everything. You get the ball at his feet, and he is the most threatening player that I've ever watched personally. Mm. There's just nothing that compares to to what he offers when he has the ball, when he's moving around the ball. Just unmatched. I don't really have any more words aside from that. <laughs> um, interesting as well, Joe. 90 minutes played. And I want to hark back to when, when he, he picked up this injury. And... and I, I feel like, sorry, kind of with Julian Alvarez, there's been a little bit of revisionism about his role in that sort of second striker just behind Haaland because he was genuinely fantastic for large chunks of his time playing there. And similarly to Gvardiol, it was a case of, well, he's a player playing, quote-unquote, out of position, so you're going to expect some rustiness. But on the whole, even against Brentford, I thought he did really well. However, he obviously isn't Kevin De Bruyne. But at the time, I was like, okay, this is a great chance for City to wane themselves off De Bruyne a little bit. And, and De Bruyne can come back in and be a sort of maybe a specialist player. He doesn't have to play every game. He can come on when City are needing him, or he can start one in every two matches as opposed to playing, I don't know, 50 matches a season, whatever it might be. But it feels like, what, a month into his return, City are maybe just as dependent on him as they were before. I think that's three assists in the Premier League, obviously chucking the goal against Newcastle as well. Um, it, it's, <laughs> as Alex says, words from our end don't really do it justice. But I guess a tricky question, I asked Oliver Kirsch this the other week, but a City slowly but surely becoming dependent on him again to a point where it, he, he has to play every game because without, without De Bruyne, a City don't look anywhere near as good as they can be. Can you remind me who the goal scorer was tonight? <laughs> True, but who created again no, in quotation no, he, marks uh, two of those goals? No, honestly, uh, obviously, I'm just being a little sarcastic there. But I think the the point I would make there is that as long as Kev's around, City will rely on him because he's a mm. player who, and that's not a bad thing, is no, it? No, no, don't, don't get me wrong. But but I think that what we've seen is that. When he's available, he should be relied upon. But when he's not available, we've seen that there's mm. alternatives that are of top quality. And I think 
I mentioned this on a, a podcast recently of how I think his absence was, we may look back and say that was the best thing to happen to Manchester city. Like, like the club right now, you're talking Phil Foden coming into his own centrally and Pep keeping him there. Well, he, he's now finding he's almost shoehorning Kev in to keep Phil <laughs> centrally. Yeah, um, we, saw, right. we saw the improvement that Alvarez made. And on top of that, to me, I, I don't know about you guys. I think Kev just looks happy again playing football. Mm. I think he mm. looks fit. Um, when I saw him going into the 75th, 80th minute, I'm like, all right, so come on, let's, you know, Nunez, go, <laughs> let's, let's, let's make a sub here. The full 90 at, in the past, it'd be he's pulling up with cramp or he's getting subbed off early and he's what, four matches in after a major injury and he's putting up 90 minutes. I mean, I just think we're seeing, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but like potentially the best all round version of Kev is what we could be leaning towards on top of which we'll get to in part two, like the best version of Phil Foden. So to me, it, it's, it could be a, a huge blessing that injury. And um, I'm grateful that we have both those players together. Yeah, totally. Um, Alex quickly, cause we do need to hop over for a break, but how does, and I, and I mean quickly, I'll maybe set a timer for 60 seconds, but how does Kevin De Bruyne fit in this team going forward? Do you think um, for, for, for City? Because a lot of talk has been about him dropping a little bit deeper. I think tonight was maybe an example of that working. A lot of the talk has been, how does he play with Phil Foden? Again, tonight was an example of that working. It just looks like he's slotted straight back in and he's been sort of forget the last three four months he's don't worry about it because Kevin De Bruyne is back and that's all that matters yeah exactly I mean I think he gets I would say pushed up higher as opposed to pushed deeper I think we saw that towards the end of last season he was playing it as a sort of second striker role and I think he continues to do that but what we've seen in the past few games is that he has a bit more sort of like left to right fluidity, I would say. Mm. Where today we saw him go out to the left wing at times. We saw him go out to the right wing at times. I can't remember him doing that in past seasons or like especially last season as much as he has done in the past few cameos. So I think that's something to look out for. Yeah, almost harking back to those uh, that Pellegrini season. I remember him playing um, right midfield, not even right wing, just right midfield <laughs> um, in those stodgy four two two twos. Maybe we'll see that again. Hopefully not. Um, okay, that'll do for part one. Join us after this quick break as we speak about Stockport's very own Phil Foden. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. Um, another three episodes this week, I think it will be, as we build up towards the Everton match at the weekend. Then obviously after that, it will be five episodes a week, just with the Monday night game. The schedule was thrown up a little bit. Um, okay then, let, let's do it. Let's do Phil Foden, because that was, I would say, probably a performance for the ages in terms of his City career, Joe. And I mean... It's been an online debate, kind of. Phil Foden only turns up when the game's done and dusted for City, but we've now seen him in the biggest of big moments turn up when it matters. That's another three goals. He completely bossed it. Um, three very different goals as well. Uh, perfect hat trick for those of you who are that way inclined. Three goals, 98 touches, 78 accurate passes at 95%, four shots on target, three key passes, two clearances, two shots blocked, with it, which is an interesting um, sort of part of his game there, the, the, the clearances and the shots blocked and one accurate long ball. Um Question, was that his best performance in a City shirt, do you think? Maybe to throw some out there, Real Madrid, 21-22, I think he played really well in that. Uh, obviously, United, when he got his other Premier League hat-trick. But just in terms of all-round play in that <clears throat> midfield role, I'm struggling to remember a better performance from him. It, it's it's definitely up there. I think, you know, thinking this season in particular, of which he's had many incredible performances. I think that um, 1-0 victory against Newcastle earlier in the season was yeah. kind of his coming out party of playing centrally and also developing into this more um, calm player, I think is probably the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's it's the player that Pep's trying to mold. and um, I, But I think tonight you saw a little bit of everything, right? That, that was the biggest difference to me as you saw, which we've we've talked about for a good chunk of the season, you know, end of last season, beginning of this season, he wasn't the best finisher. Um, he, he was kind of just wayward finishing. And then it feels like the past two months in particular, we're, we're kind of seeing the very best of Phil in front of goal. And then, you know, you drop a little bit deeper into the pitch. He's running. All, I mean, I, I, I wish there was an easy met, uh, way to tell like kilometers or miles ran <laughs> after a match um, because I feel like he's mm. hitting Bernardo levels of, you know, he's putting in the 90 minutes. He's running like crazy. He's, getting back um, and, and doing his defensive actions. And again, which I think Pep's happiest about, he's just very calm on the ball. When he gets the ball, he's looking up, but he's not forcing passes. He's not forcing things going forward or backwards. So as far as a complete performance is, it's probably his best overall 90 minutes mm. in, in a city shirt. Um, but again, I think what stood out to me is just how it felt like everything still ran through him. We talked about Kev a little bit in part one and how, yes, we rely on, on Kev so much, but it, it felt like tonight Pep, uh, Pep, Phil kind of just took the game by the scruff of the neck and was like, yeah, listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to get us across the line. I'm going to get us the three points here. And I, I think if City are going to be at their best, that's the direction they need to go and anything they get out of Kev's a bonus. Yeah, um, yeah, certainly. Uh, I just want to shout out, um, I think I've got this handle right, Lafo Dance on Twitter. Um, they posted a, a truly sensational compilation of Phil Foden. And I know we're in um, Oscars season and, and I think genuinely, it, it, I'm, I'm bigging it up because it was amazing, but the editing was just sensational above anything else but um basically what i'm getting at here is the fact that um it's easy to forget and it showed it from that from that compilation sort of going back a few years in, in phil foden's city, city career the, the guy has achieved everything 
and and I mean he's had a he's had a hand to play in Premier League titles. Um, just going back to it, his his first. Interestingly enough, his first headed goal and his last headed goal from the um, from the from the Brentford game. In fact, his first Premier League goal came against Tottenham Hotspur in the eighteen nineteen run in. City won that game one 0 So he's been a match winner in in Premier League title wins, FA Cup, and obviously Champions League. He had a, had a part to play in that. But Alex, it, 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 just when it felt like he was sort of at a level where maybe there was this sort of diminishing returns where, you know, how, how good can he actually get? He has stepped it up another level and he is now, as, as alluded to before, the guy that is the first name on the team sheet and, and remarkably Guardiola's looking at it and going, how do I get Kevin De Bruyne in next to Phil Foden? When even what at the end of last season, start of this season, people were saying, okay, this has to be Phil Foden's season, you know. Yes, he's been good, but he needs to stake a claim. Staking a claim, he's doing, and, and in some style as well. Yeah, and I want to go back to something that Joe said, because, well, you asked if this was his best performance in a City shirt, and I don't know if it, it's his best performance, but I think this was his most meaningful performance in a City shirt. And I want to hear your guys' opinions on this, but let me explain why I think that. Kevin De Bruyne is the king. We all know that. Mm. Phil Foden seems like the prince to me. He's, you know, <laughs> Manchester born and bred, Stockport lad. He's the prince. He's, he's the little guy who, who's grown up through, through our system, who's grown up through the club, who's city through and through. And for me, this performance felt like the king handing over the crown to the prince. <laughs> and exactly what Joe said there, Phil Foden was the central focal point of this performance, not even aside from the hat trick. He was the one who was dropping deep to link up play. He was the one who was moving around more than anyone else, dictating the patterns of play and dictating the rotations. And, and Kevin De Bruyne was secondary to that. And we haven't seen that before. That just has not happened. And there have been so many city fans who have sort of complained about Pep, not wanting to play them centrally about Pep, not wanting to play Foden through the center because he doesn't have that sort of risk aversion. And we've seen him return to that, just as you noted before, that he's grown into that this season. And this was the turning point for me. And, and I hope that, you know, three, four games in the night, we, we don't turn our turn back around and say, what happened? Where did that go? <laughs> I hope this becomes the norm because he is one of the most talented. I, I don't want to put this out there, but <laughs> I, I'm not going to say like the bold claim, that I have in my mind, but he is one and two with Kevin De Bruyne for the most talented players that ever come through this club. And he mm. should be treated as such from this point forward. And I think this was the, the first performance with both Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Holland on the pitch that Pep Guardiola gave Phil Foden that sort of validity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a very important point. It has, it, it did feel like the Brentford game almost legitimized Foden's role. And because, because like you say, Haaland was there, Alvarez was there, Kevin De Bruyne was there, but it was still Phil Foden. And I think more than anything, Joe, it, it feels like that trust from Guardiola is there now, um, which I think it's safe to say it hasn't always necessarily been there. We've seen it in the past where he's been taken off. I mean, going back years, there was that incident. I think it was a, a, an away game in the Champions League, maybe Marseille or, or Olympiacos or something like that. You know, it only came out years afterwards where Foden and, and Guardiola came to heads a little bit because there was a, 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 a sort of a, a disagreement with opinions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it feels like now. Foden's matured into into a man, um, which you know, fair play to him. He's got the trust of Guardiola. 
I was going to say, I, I think we all know that Pep's always understood the talent levels that, that Phil has and, and has never doubted that. But um, I, I think we may look back whenever Pep's time to, to leave the club comes is, you know, we'll see his greatest achievement is probably the development of Phil Foden rather than, mm. I mean, obviously the trophies and all that, but in terms <laughs> of on a, on a player basis, um, he's developed a lot of great players or, or good players into great players. But I think, you know, and, and we'll look, probably 10 years time now, the case studies of the, the Gavis, the, the Pedris, the players who came through at 17, 18, played endless minutes and their careers were cut short. If you want to talk about just perfect management of a special talent, it's, it's to me, this is the case study of how to do it. And I think it's perfectly embodied. Pep actually said post-match last, well, yeah, Monday night, um, said, you have a mm. feeling with Phil, it's difficult to find. He's like a knife. I've only seen a few like that. There's <laughs> There's space to take over from Bernardo or Kevin in the future. He will lead the other ones. And I think we've heard him talk about Phil in terms of, you know, he's one of the greatest players I've ever trained, you know, like those weird comparisons to Messi and all that. But I can't recall hearing Pep talk about him as a leader in comparisons mm. to, again, these midfield maestros that Pep trusts so so diligently with Bernardo and Kev. So, um, I think to Alex's point, yeah, this is probably the match that we'll remember where, yes, it's quote unquote just Brentford, but they were one nothing down. Things were looking sh- shaky. There was a, a chance to go leapfrog Arsenal, win your game mm. in hand, top the table. Like it, this was a very meaningful match. I don't think that can get pushed aside just because of the form that Brentford are in. And um, again, like I said earlier, Phil won that match. He, he took mm. over that game in every third of the pitch. And um, I don't see any reason why he won't continue to do that the rest of the season. Yeah, um, it, it is interesting about that leadership sort of aspect because I think in the last, and maybe heart back to Everton as the sort of first real point we saw it where he was, sort of, you know, when, when City were down in the dumps a little bit, it looked like they were going to head to another a frustrating defeat. He was the guy picking them up. And, and against Brentford, I, I sort of highlighted it a, a moment or two before, but. I was so impressed with the way uh, it sounds. It sounds simplistic. It sounds like a, a dad at a, sort of a, a kid's grassroots match, but the way he was tracking back because there are players in, in, in the city team that don't often do that. And Phil Foden has been someone in the past who, whose work rate necessarily hasn't been criticized, but maybe has been a little bit sleepy. He hasn't always wanted to do those hard yards, but there's a moment, I think a, a ball gets played across to Ivan Tony and, and, and or, or any Brentford attacker can't quite remember which one it was, but um, Phil Foden was there to sort of snuff out the danger and, and make sure that it didn't lead to a chance. And it, it's not necessarily something we've seen in, in shoulder before. And we might not only be speaking about one of city's best ever players, is god if he can step into a leadership role in terms of having the armband as well you know jesus um i don't want to get ahead of myself too much but um it is certainly certainly one to be excited about um alex i I think i've said it a couple of times before but premier league uh, player of the season soon come to coin the the cole palmer phrase at least it feels like that if city go on and win the league right now yeah back in preseason i said that he was going to put in a top five performance in the league and i think i understated him i, I think, think he might have yeah <laughs> i think he is going to uh, as long as he stays injury free as long as pep doesn't shove him back out to the wing i think he's going to end up as the premier league's player this season this this season and that is just incredible mm. yeah speaking of predictions joe was it 20 goals 
and 20 assists not combined. You were you were tipping Phil Foden for 40 goals and assists in the Premier League. I mean, I called well, you crazy well, all, at the comps, time. all comps, all comps, all oh, comps. Oh, all comps, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that may, maybe that's why I've misremembered it a little bit. Yeah. But I mean... He, he's, he's up to, he's up to 23 it. goals and assists in all comps combined. Cheers. Yeah. A lot of games to go. Yeah. Um, are you sticking by it? I'm, I'm going to give yeah. you the opportunity to, yeah, yeah. to bring it down. You I'll know, double you down. Fancy sort of. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's uh, listen. City have a lot of games to come. Um, I think yeah. he's. I, I mean, he's the player that's first name on the team sheet, bar Rodri at this point. So mm. yeah, yeah. Let's make it happen. Yeah, and 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 if it does happen, are you going to commit to sort of Gary Lineker? Presenting match the day in his underpants. Are you going to, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you feel confident doing well, something? Like that? Um, I'll probably just think of like a crafty tattoo together or something instead. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll get the uh, the new gun celebration he's got like on my yeah. forearm or something. Yeah, so. <laughs> true, true. Um, quickly before before we go, what, what what did we make of that? Has anyone found out what it was about? I mean, fair play to him, but it was uh, it was a bit out the blow. I'm just ready for like the Sun to put out an article that he's advocating for like gun rights and <laughs> and, and and all this. I have no idea. I have no <laughs> yeah. that came out of nowhere, and then to do it on a night that he gets a hat trick, like. Bizarre. I did yeah. see someone say that it was related to like a disabled kid that he had met recently. Maybe oh, it was cool. dedicated to someone special like that. Sweet. I'm not sure of the validity of that. I hope we find the answer to it. <laughs> yeah, let's run yeah. with that for now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not just spent like five hours on Call of Duty before. <laughs> yeah. before I, I hope he continues that celebration too it's because cold. he needs something it's iconic cold. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you could make a comparison with his shirt number being 47, the gun celebration, AK 47. Hey, who knows? Um, okay, that's for another show perhaps. But um, Alex, thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure as always, guys. Joe, thank you very much. Thanks, Amos. Listeners, thank you very much. Once again, a happy birthday to us, unlike Yaya Torre. We do have some cake to celebrate with. And until next time, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.